This movie really should have had its own theme song. If you're gonna, I'm serious. If you're going to make a ridiculous, fictionalized version of a historical figure's life, make your own theme song for this movie. FDR, American badass, fucking up the Nazis, killing those werewolves. That's that's an original. It's not. Yeah, it's definitely something else. That if right you know now. what song uh, Noel was just making up lyrics to, please let us know. <laughs> it's definitely inspired by something. But oh uh, yeah, uh, I guarantee it. Not is. intentionally so. So I think we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's good at least. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Bad Movies and Beer. I'm Cooper and I'm Nolan, and we just watched and are now going to talk about. FDR, American Badass. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is Franklin Delano Roosevelt, but a fictionalized version of his life in which he is a constantly cursing, rap lyric dropping, werewolf killing sex machine, essentially. <laughs> That's not how FDR uh, sort of lived. You know, I won't lie to you. I don't know a lot about American history, so it's possible that some elements of this were actually correct, but I feel like a, a good portion of it's exaggerated. You mean he didn't kill a bunch of werewolves? I don't even know, man. I don't even know what to say about this. This is just like, we. neither one of us have rated this movie yet. We're going to save it to the end. We're just going to freestyle it like FDR does in the movie. But I just, <laughs> Yeah, I he drops know, a man. lot of freestyling. This is funny. This is, um, I guess, we were talking before the film. You're saying it's sort of inspired by the... Uh, Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter kind of style of sort of fiction. I feel like it has to be just a ridiculous fictionalized account of a like real person, but you make up these ridiculous extravagant details. I assume it's in relation to that, in response to that. This it, is our first ever comedy we have discussed. None of the other movies we've watched were intentionally funny. Not intentionally funny, <laughs> although I don't know if this one's intentionally funny either. Well, I think it is. I think it it has to be. This one's oh, actually, the intention was there, yeah. but was it funny? Is what I'm saying. Oh, okay, that's. <laughs> I laughed out loud quite a few times. All right. Um, it it is harder, I think, to talk about, and I think the rating is going to be a challenge because it is intentionally horrible, right? Like they pull out all of the punches to make this a piece of shit. Oh, I don't know. See, when we watched Motorcycle Maniacs for our bonus episode, that movie is intentionally bad. They have done it in the style of bad 70s movies. This, I'm like, this is when shock comedy goes wrong. They are just trying to create like a buzz by like making a ridiculous movie full of curse words, full of gross out humor and sexuality just to get enough buzz. They can like fucking sell some Blu-rays or get enough people to see this. I think in my mind, this is, a, this is like an exploitation cash grab. You think so? It, that's interesting as a perspective. There were... A lot of faces that I recognized that had been in lots of things, no sort of leading person in it, but I don't think it was sort of done on the super cheap. Like, I think they put some funds into making this movie. Wait a second. Like, literally five minutes before we went to do this, you told me that the opening graphics was then you could have made on a fucking Commodore in your basement. <laughs> so let's That's just true. calm down here. They took some cheap, cheap ways out. Well, yeah, there's also, that's what I'm saying. I know, I guess, I don't know, it's... Well, it's I will say, like, to, your, to your point, it yeah. is, there are name actors in this. Yeah. There are actors that you recognize, no, like, A-list stars, but many familiar faces. And I really think the sort of style and, I don't know, the way that they went about telling the story, it was so intentional, right? Like, they could have made the werewolves look way more realistic. They could have done all <laughs> kinds of stuff. But it is campy on purpose, right? Like, And you can tell both, I think, on the lines and the way that some of the things are executed. Even the starting scene that we're about to get into, I think, is supposed to be campy to be funny. Well, before we get into that, let's just quickly talk about the beer that we are drinking for this episode. And oh. I gotta be honest, I feel kind of bad about this beer choice. <laughs> you feel bad because the naming of it relates to our main character getting polio and being in a wheelchair? Yes, that's exactly right. And for the record, I want to be very known, you picked this beer. You were giving, giving me a lot of shit ladies for me choosing the beers and choosing all these beers that weren't IPAs. This was one where you were like, hey, I'm at this brewery. Can we use this for anything? And I was like, yes. <laughs> so this is a brewery uh, just a couple years old now called Steel Wheel Brewery in Brant, Ontario. Um, and it is a really cool place. Um, if you live in Southern Ontario or you have a chance to visit sometime, um, it is definitely worth checking out. They took an old farmhouse and turned it into a brewery. They have sort of a sit-in place and then a really nice outdoor space that people can go and drink beer and enjoy the products that they make. So uh, they, they sort of focus mostly on sours and 
uh, lagers. Uh, right up my alley. I know you love this place. They, they do drop some ales and IPAs as well. So um, they've had some really good stuff. They're sort of the um, picture of their brewery is an old tractor. Okay. And this is why they call it the steel wheel. It's one of those old tractors they use, and they even have that tractor there. Now, we've chosen to connect it to this movie because FDR does uh, get polio and then have to be in a wheelchair. But we're monsters, is what you're saying. <laughs> no. We can we kind of get bailed out later in the movie. Yeah, so he he does say that his call sign, right, in the movie, he he declares it and calls it out. He calls himself the Wheels of Steel. The Wheels of Steel. But and, yeah. did either of us know that ahead of time? No. No. <laughs> he did not. But, oh. but it works in this context. And obviously, we are not doing this as a joke to... Oh, like, you don't yeah, have to give a fucking no, disclaimer. But people this know. is yeah. not... No. All right. All right. So what is, but what is this particular beer we are drinking? Oh, okay. So this is a Sauvignon Blend Sour. So it's a, a kettle sour, and it has Cabernet Sauvignon um, grapes used in it. It's going to be a high ABV. Should have some cool kind of wine type flavors to it. Now you know what? Here's the real reason why we picked this beer for FDR because he got rid of prohibition. So the fact that this is like kind of like a wine uh, connection here with the Sauvignon, it's uh, it's both a Cab grapes. and Sauvignon Blanc. There you so go. So two this is separate perfect. wine grapes. Put Had in there, nothing yeah. to do with the wheelchair. No, it is definitely a like past prohibition beer here or a prohibition beer. So it connects perfectly. Perfectly. So let's let's uh, let's get it going. Yeah, let's get into it. So we open with the aforementioned shitty graphics and a voiceover from the actor playing FDR, Barry Boswick, which, my God, uh, what a voice. Just an all-time voice. The Barry Tone voice. Yeah, an absolutely tremendous choice. He has the voice of what I would imagine a president should sound like, minus all of the uh, cursing and racism. <laughs> Ooh, and uh, like really strong sexual content. Yes, indeed. The voiceover is reading us basically a title card here. On January 30th, 1882, a man was born who would go on to change the course of world history as we know it. This man was a true American badass. I know because I am him. And he goes on to say this movie is dedicated to badasses everywhere. Then we get the movie title with uh, FDR in a wheelchair maniacally shooting a machine gun behind it. And th this was the first time you broke out laughing, but not the last. Yeah. There are lots of over-the-top sections or spots in this movie, and the things that caught me off guard most generally were the out-of-nowhere extreme actions of the characters. And this is sort of, this one just sort of sets the tone for the things we're going to see throughout. Oh, for sure. And then you mentioned earlier that this is supposed to be like kind of campy on purpose. Yes. We immediately get like the Batman spin of like the, you know, <laughs> da -da 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 -da, yeah, that thing. That throws you right into that. I wonder if that's copyright. I wonder if they paid for that. Um, it's possible, but like when I think of campy things, I think of that Batman TV show. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Totally fits. No, I agree. I think that that uh, that sort of sets the tone right away for what we're getting, and they definitely deliver throughout. Yes, they do. We begin with a hunting trip. FDR is there telling dirty stories. Suddenly, they notice something moving, and it is not the grizzly bear they are expecting, but rather a werewolf. Basically, one of the characters is for everyone to run, and the werewolf immediately takes down one guy. <laughs> so when that guy right. gets taken down i just want to sort of interrupt for a second here he gets fucking bit in the neck and the blood spray immediately across sort of like a 20 foot area all over fdr oh yes completely they say he's yeah <laughs> <laughs> so cooper's just had his Good first sip Lord. of the cab Sauv, uh sour blend and it's delicious. It's like drinking a glass of red wine. It doesn't even taste like beer. We'll, we'll get to that later. I, it's going to grow on you as you keep drinking it. So FDR says they're going to have to stay and fight the werewolf. One of his friends, Lewis, who's there, warns him that werewolves carry polio, which I don't think is correct. <laughs> so um, my American history as a Canadian is not very strong. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong. FDR does get polio and end up in a wheelchair. That is 100% accurate, okay. yes. And so this is their alternate history explanation of how that happens, right? Now, it's kind of, and I don't want to say it's his own fault, but in this movie it's his own fault because he brazenly and with great hubris and in slow motion, as he is shotgunning the werewolf in the chest, he says, Fuck! <laughs> 
which I feel like is just inviting it on yourself. Yeah, so he he's definitely setting up that he's in trouble here because, of course, the shotgun shells were not filled with what? Silver bullets. That's true. Lewis asked him, did you put silver bullets in there? And he says no. And right away, the werewolf is back on his feet. He immediately he does like a kip up and is just like standing again. <laughs> and he kills another member of the hunting party. This time slashes him in the chest and yeah, tears he- out his heart. Yeah, and then he throws it at Lewis, and I, actually this kind of made me chuckle a little yeah. bit, but it hits Lewis in the face and kind of slides down, and Lewis says, why even take the time to do that? <laughs> I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, um, uh, and then and then we get FDR who decides that he's not going to use the gun anymore because he doesn't have silver bullets, but he's going to fucking hand-to-hand box this motherfucker. Yeah, he's got to handle it old school, and it's not like it's not like regular boxing that we know now. It's the old-timey, like, where the fists are kind of, like, raised in the air yeah, yeah it's really oh, strange yeah and he's boxing this werewolf and it's a re- just a ridiculous scene and he does defeat him he kills the werewolf but not before the werewolf bites him in the leg and fdr kind of blacks out at this point when he wakes up his wife is very glad to see he's alive he assures her nobody's going to take down the delano kitten t- <laughs> So this is is this the first use of the name Delano? This is this becomes the Delano. Yeah, yeah. This becomes his moniker as he goes on to kick ass throughout the movie. God, they the sell it Delano so hard. How he's doing it. Uh, his derogatory terms towards Eleanor throughout, or this is just the very start of that as well. I was gonna say, is this the first recorded time in history of someone saying kitten? T-? I've never heard that before. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I don't think so. I'm sure we could find a tape somewhere in the annals of history, but uh, that is not a, a very common phrase, that's for sure. No. So, unfortunately, despite surviving, he now has polio because, of course, the werewolves carry polio. So he'll never walk again. And now, in his words, he has tiny shriveled up polio legs, which he says several times throughout this movie. But he also declares that his cock still works oh at least his c- works that's true <laughs> and he he makes that really well known in fact he wants it to be known so much that he wants it in the papers the next day yeah uh so that's a minor win it's still a sad day he has lost the ability to walk the doctor pulls his friend lewis out of the room to show him something a man with a squirrel up his ass but that was actually <laughs> that, a mistake oh, sorry, that, that was, was the accident. wrong oh, that sorry, was the yes. wrong one which is clearly God a damn. like a play at the what is it who's um Redford, Robert Redford. Well, isn't that the like joke that goes around? No, it's Richard Gere. That's who it is. It's Richard Gere. But that was a gerbil. Yeah, I think that... <laughs> that's it. <laughs> well, no, I think they're insinuating a connection to that kind of idea. I think it's just fucking gross out here where they're just because okay. the whole the, right. it's so clunky. So he pulls the sheet off and it's a guy with a squirrel up his ass and the this, guy's like, "Why are you showing me this?" And he's like, "Whoa, whoop, my mistake, wrong this body." This movie is full of low hanging fruit, right? They they're very much they're so. not aiming for the skies. They are trying to get the easiest humor they can out of it. Oh, and they that's that's all they get. So he ends up it's the wrong body. He pulls the sheet off a different body, and it's the werewolf from the hunting trip. And it turns out the werewolf is German. No. Yes, they can tell because he has a Nazi tattoo. Also, he had a copy of Mein Kampf on him and a couple of Beethoven albums. (laughs) Yeah. What on earth? Yes. So clearly German, um, the werewolf was. And where he hid all of these things in his sort of small jacket and werewolf outfit, I'm not sure. But Yeah, Lewis tells the doctor to bag it up and they're going to go examine it later. Meanwhile, people are just going crazy for the Delano. They want him to run for president. He doesn't want them to see him in a wheelchair, but a plucky 10-year-old boy who has polio himself encourages FDR to get in the chair and run for president. And Jesus Christ, this scene was hard to watch. Yeah, this is a rough scene. Uh, the Timmy scene, I wrote it down here. Is it Timmy or Tommy? Well, I think it's Timmy, but uh, FDR keeps calling him Tommy incorrectly. He makes fun of a speech impediment and also says some really inappropriate things about the wheelchair, but then sort of does his best... But you can do it, kid, and I'm going to do it, too. Yeah, he invites the kid to come back to the to the governor's mansion for a catch. Yeah, but he said on the 6th, like, Thursday of April, and there are not six weeks in any oh, particular month. Oh, is that what month. he said? Yeah. Oh, so I he, like, he tricks part. the kid into, like, thinking he's going to be with him later. Ah, eh, whatever. He goes out and meets the press. He's cracking just terrible jokes, including... I don't even want to say this, man. This is going to be in trouble. Marco... Polio. Polio. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. Yeah, so there's some bad jokes in here. It's oh. at this point where I was getting confused about the sort of budget of the film. 
like even some of the actors and actresses in the sort of crowd that he was speaking to, I kind of recognized their faces. Like they yes. looked like they had been in stuff. And I was like, is this small budget? Is it big budget? Where does this fit? Does the person who created it have a lot of friends, but not a lot of money? Like I was like, how, oh. what, what is sort of the idea behind this and what were they trying to achieve? But I was asking a lot of questions at this point. You know what? I have a lot of questions about this too. After all these terrible jokes, he eventually gives a somewhat motivational speech and announces his candidacy for president. We get another one of those Batman spins back to the governor's mansion where his wife is kind of being cold to him. She wants to sleep in a different bedroom. She doesn't like his quote, tiny hot dog up. legs. Yeah, and so she doesn't want to be there. But she does say that she's debriefed him. Yes. And no. they're making this weird play on words about like getting information from him. But really, it means taking, taking off, off his, his underwear. underwear. Yeah. And then his friend says, oh, good. I don't like doing that. Yeah. Lewis, uh, Lewis is his, his kind of aide here. His friend is number one guy. Uh, he tells... Eleanor to get her shit together. They need FDR in the White House because there might be more werewolves. Oh, and there are. Oh, there sure are. Mm-hmm. Lewis goes into FDR's room to show him a newspaper article, which uh, he, again, like you mentioned, hopes it says that his c*** is still working. Uh, it is not because that's not fit for print in newspapers of the era. Uh, but apparently it was going to be in the newspaper the next day. Well, he insisted on calling and yeah. correcting the reporter, letting the reporter know. More importantly, the werewolf is German, and so they're going to need to beef up security on the campaign trail. Speaking of which, we get a lot of black and white footage of the campaign trail. Stops in New York, Pennsylvania, Maryland. FDR is charming, various union types. There is a truly awful scene in here. (laughs) So this is as close to a montage as we get in the movie. I was thinking of you. I'm like, these are so close to montage. We we almost got there. I, I kind of enjoyed the way that they traveled. Where they would take the map and show the train traveling along the map of the United States. Yeah, I, the I, Indiana Jones kind of map style. Yeah. With like a train underneath it kind of driving. I, I appreciated that way of showing where they were going. But yes, we had some horrible interactions with the people there. I know where you're about to go here. Where, where is it? Tell you're people. about to talk about the people on the dock. The dock workers. Yeah, the stevedores in Maryland, Baltimore, I'm assuming, is where they were for this. They literally just run through the lyrics of Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. <laughs> I know. As soon as he says, uh, so he throws down the first line about Tommy. Tommy work. used to work on yeah, the docks. Yeah. yeah. And, and then they go to Gina, right? And then we're making eye contact like, no fucking way. Yeah, and this is like two minutes of movie. They just go through. The, it's ridiculous. This is the first of several quotes from songs throughout this movie and several of them are from um like rap or hip hop songs, songs yeah yep. but it's it's just funny i don't know they obviously sought permission to do those things right maybe i, 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 don't, I don't know, know. legally yeah, i don't, I don't know, know what, what, the, what the yeah. amount you have to do for that is but um you're probably at this point i know i was watching that scene being like how can this get any worse well we find out <laughs> because we end up in georgia oh boy where fdr meets my least favorite character Cleavon buford who is played in what I can only hope is a career-ending role by... <laughs> I'm serious. I saw you go to your phone. Did you look up who was doing the acting? Well, this is I already knew the answer to this. I just need to know his name. Okay. This is going to blow your mind, because you mentioned earlier someone having friends but not money. Yeah. The person playing that role is the screenwriter of this movie. What? That's right. Ross Patterson is his name. He is the man who wrote the screenplay, and he is playing the role of Cleavon Buford. Really? Yes, sir. That kind of explains a lot, because the Cleavon character is, we're, we're going to find out he is extreme, and he comes back, and I did laugh at a few of the moments he's in. I, I mean, fair. That's fair. Cleavon, for those of you who have not seen the movie, is a dim-witted Republican, or repube, as he repeatedly calls it. He invites FDR and Lewis to stay for dinner. Turns out that in addition to being a repube, he too has a shriveled up polio leg. And uh, also his wife will blow them all if they stay for dinner. <laughs> so he was the senator from Georgia, right? Like, or congressman. He was the congressman from Georgia. And yeah, so they didn't really want to stay with him because FDR was a Democrat. But he invites them in and invites uh, them and promises that his wife will blow them all. Which apparently she does, I think. Um, well, Lewis for sure. Yeah, definitely. They have some interesting conversations around the dinner table. Oh my god, the dinner scene's atrocious. Uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty rough. And then they have also well, no, don't gloss over it. Yeah. What, what do they talk about? Um, <laughs> Come on, there's a story about some native girls. Yeah, there's some weird stuff about 
the first time that indigenous people have, like indigenous women have their menstrual cycle? Yeah, apparently if you get it in a warm spring, this will create a womb-like sensation where anybody in the warm spring feels as though they are like safe and warm like in their mother's womb. Yeah, it'll make them feel sort of safe. And then they go and use that later by going into some warm springs and it sort of brings back some life to their polio legs. Apparently, yes, it brings back the sensation of life to their shriveled up polio legs. Again, not our words, the words of the the movie yeah. but also hold on while he's telling that story uh his wife is with a chicken drumstick <laughs> just like using mashing it into a pile of mashed potatoes in a repeatedly just jabbing it in there to really simulate some sort of yeah. sex sound yeah um, i mean the sounds it was making are vaguely reminiscent of intercourse yes yeah it was like it, it was a strange combination and extremely um suggestive for sure like they're not subtle at all about any of the humor that comes with this character, and you go through a lot of stuff there. And then there is like a, a strange slavery. Oh, an extremely tasteless joke about racism. Yeah, and basketball. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they go into the hot springs, and then in the next morning, they're sort of greeting them outside in the car as they're about to leave. Well, but okay, you're you're glossing over so much here. They go in the hot springs, and in the hot springs, Cleavon is telling a story, and we get a flashback to his own werewolf encounter. It was a, it was a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't skip that. Can it we? was a camping trip gone wrong. <laughs> oh my gosh. He ends up killing a werewolf. Uh, with a sterling silver cheese knife that he always keeps in his pants for some reason. Yeah, he was he was on a camping trip with his nephew, Jimmy Carter. The werewolf was about to get Jimmy as he was off in the woods pleasuring himself. Um, and he calls the werewolf. The werewolf attacks him, bites his leg, and he finishes it off with this cheese knife. And then he goes back to the woods to continue to finish himself yeah. off and not <laughs> make sure Jimmy's okay. <laughs> And then, yeah. And then we get like to morning. That was the, or yeah, no, then we're it, back to the hot tub. But then we're in the hot it. tub, and a random woman comes out of the springs. Who was like they're in her name is Georgia, and we're no, her name is Peaches. Oh, okay. She's from Georgia. They're in Georgia. Yeah, and they yeah. were insinuating that she was giving him a blowjob the whole time. Yeah. Yep. And also, his wife's been banging Lewis while he and FDR are in the. He did hot say spring. they were swingers or something. I don't know. Yep, they like to swing. The next day, FDR invites Cleavon to come to Washington and serve in his cabinet, and this causes Cleavon to launch into a very emotional and very drooly story about a magical snowman. We were flying through the air together. Kicking our little legs. We were free. We were free. I have that same feeling right now, sir. Uh, <laughs> this, to me, was the moment that he was the worst uh, in the He's entire awful. movie. So he starts foaming at the mouth and going off about Frosty the Snowman and how this has made him just as excited as that. And then he finishes off with a promise that he and his wife will suck d- together for Georgia. Oh, as many d- as it takes to get FDR elected. And it works. Yeah, well, yeah. Fast forward <laughs> to election day. The results are coming in. FDR wins, and we get. <laughs> actually, listen. You know what? And this is the where celebration. This is oh where I'm giving this movie a lot of shit, but oh I have goodness. to take a long look in the mirror because oh. I actually laughed a lot at this. And oh yes, you did. This particular scene. Oh, you were laughing too. Fuck you. Don't put this on me. <laughs> Come on, man. We get Drink this maniacal beer. celebration where Lewis, who this is the most sane reaction. Lewis cracks open a whole jar of jelly beans and just pours them into his mouth. Yeah. What um, else happens? FDR takes a jug of milk and pours the whole thing on his head, then starts pretending to f*** the jar. <laughs> After he tears his shirt off. Yeah, well, he tears his shirt off. Uh, his wife tears her bra off. She's kind of dancing around. Her thing's pretty tame as well. His son, who came in to tell them that he had won the election, takes a shit in a vase. <laughs> so this part of the scene was graphic. So uh, James, right? I think his name is James comes in he tries to tell his father that he's won and his father doesn't quite believe him and, and threatens to like just fucking beat the living shit out of he him threatens to whip him with a fat man's belt yeah and i guess the thinking being that a fat man's belt would be like thicker bigger or and worse yeah i don't know <laughs> um and then <laughs> and then when he wins he pulls down his pants finds a vase and literally starts in it multiple times i don't know why this made me laugh so much this is one of like three times this movie where i was embarrassed at how much i was laughing this scene, like, you know what it is? It's just, it's just, like you said, it's extreme. They celebrate beyond the rational amount of anyone celebrating, and it made me chuckle because it's just so ridiculous. Well, and then at the end of this, FDR tries to get up 
out of the wheelchair. Oh, he can't, but he can't walk. <laughs> he can't walk. He, <laughs> he falls walk. over and breaks the table, uh, like he wrestling right through style, table. through a table. Oh, my God. I think after yelling, suck it, to oh, <laughs> everyone in there, yeah. there's a bit of, like, DX in here, and he falls through the table. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. A Secret Service agent comes in and tells them, basically, he's like, at first, he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? But then once they're all embarrassed, he's like, no, I'm just kidding. This is exactly what Woodrow Wilson did. They're all, you know. He said, except for the shitting and the vibe. Except thing. for the yeah. shitting and the vibe. Yeah, that, that part was... A little strange. <laughs> Do you think FDR's son was known for shitting in Boston? Well, it comes up so many times. Yeah, I know. It comes up again. So is there something that we don't know about this? Is this something that, like... Some people do and is looked down upon, or a historical like a, rumor or something yeah, that was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. It's interesting. From there, we get some stock footage of post-election America people celebrating. Then we're off to Nazi Germany. Hitler, who is a werewolf, uh, and he's furious about the new president. He calls Mussolini, who is also a werewolf. And I love here that they're talking about FDR. And in this scene, they ask it like. Why didn't the werewolf kill him? They say it got his legs and he can't walk. Well, Mussolini is mostly upset that his <laughs> still works. Well, yeah, like, they come back, <laughs> they back and they're like, oh, function. damn, his <laughs> still works. So you failed. If his <laughs> was broken, it wouldn't have been a big deal, but it yeah. is now. Oh, they also, they, then they do a three-way call with Emperor Hirohito and this, oh, oh my God. Oh, sorry, he's also a werewolf and this is a very offensive portrayal of a Japanese person. They are so racist about this. Yes. Uh, L's are switched with R's, and it's just like a stereotypical it voice. It is so bad. At one point, he's practicing like teppanyaki skills. It's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's really rough. And they make fun of sake so hard. Well, they do. They make a plan to destroy America by putting werewolf blood in Italian wine and German beer. Because obviously with Prohibition going on, all the wine and beer coming in is from out of country. So when they drink this, the Americans says, will turn into werewolves. And Hirohito says, we'll also put it in sake. And they basically laugh that off because sake is apparently only for women and the gay community. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> it's, it's rough. I don't even understand. I mean, there's a lot of stereotyping in this movie. But this section is so... I want to use the word like it doesn't make sense, but it's so inexpensive. It's so poorly done. Like it's there's no thought to the Asian character at all. Oh, it's really bad. Yeah. Um, From there, we go to the White House where FDR meets his butler named George Freeman. They make another racist joke about how ironic it is. The black man's last name is Freeman. Yes. I'm uncomfortable and with then, this. And then immediately he mentions where the weed is. That is also true. Yes. Uh, the the black guy is the weed hookup for the president. FDR also meets his hot young assistant. And uh, he decides to address the nation in a scene that is offensive to pretty much everyone. <laughs> yeah. He... It's offensive to women. It's offensive to black people. It is just offensive to essentially the whole world. This, you assume that all of this is intentional in this film, right? Like all, all of those choices are intentional choices. Told, it's shock comedy. It's yeah, shock comedy. Yeah, it's yes. as a... They're saying outrageous things to get attention. Yep. He starts rapping to the nation. Yes, his black butler ends up, you know, record scratching, and it's... He becomes his DJ. The yeah, scene is yeah. defensive to everybody. Um, he tells the nation he's going to get the economy working again and end prohibition and ends by saying, This is the Delano, signing off. God bless. I love that he's just going with the Delano the thing. The Delano is it now, right? it. I'm all. I'm forevermore going to refer to FDR as the Delano. All right. Which 99% of the population will not get because they wouldn't have seen this shitty movie. But yeah. <laughs> How many people are you going to talk to about FDR? Probably not many. Yeah. Like, do you yeah. think this ever comes up again in your life? I would like to think that once COVID restrictions lift and we can travel freely and I'm in the United States, I'll be like, hey, you guys like the Delano? <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to bring it up so you can say the Delano is Probably. more than fine. It's not Probably. that anyone was like, hey, do you remember the president in <laughs> no. between World War One and World War Two, and the guy who uh, got us there afterwards? Uh, he had polio, right? You know remember what? I will that? go to Mount Rushmore just for the excuse. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, look at these fine characters. <laughs> Washington, Lincoln, Jefferson, the Delano. <laughs> I'm impressed that you know who is on Mount Rushmore. Fuck yeah. Are you kidding me? My salt and pepper shakers are Mount Rushmore. Oh, I have no idea. (laughs) It's a weird. (laughs) Oh, I can see them right now. Yeah. Impressive. (laughs) Why can I see your salt and pepper shakers? That's a better question. We're going to cut all of this unless we're so short on time. This ends up making it in. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, (laughs) 
His wife thinks this is all wildly inappropriate, but his young assistant was very moved by his speech, which is going to pay off in a big way later. <laughs> for him or for the, the movie for everyone. The, F, the FBI, <laughs> the FBI yeah. wants to talk to him. They've discovered this whole werewolf plot. Germany, Italy, and Japan are banding together, and to combat them, FDR is going to need something special. The Delano 2000. Yeah, he declares them the axis, right? He, he pulls out the axis of evil terminology there. And, the, and he throws down, and who created the Delano 2000 for him? I don't know, the U.S. military? Albert Einstein. Oh, that's right. I'm so sorry. How could I forget? Yes. <laughs> so they have like this Einstein character in the background, and he makes this super combat wheelchair for, uh, for FDR. Yeah, it's a souped-up wheelchair. It's got rocket launchers and silver bullet machine guns. And the scene ends with FDR saying, Regulators! Mount up. <laughs> yeah, after he takes quotes from uh, rap songs, for sure. Absolutely. So now he's just hunting werewolves, and he starts with some Italian ones who are smuggling in wine. He machine guns them in a very operatic scene with like this <laughs> opera music and slow motion yeah. bullet shots. We've got Italian music playing. It's clearly supposed to be the mafia, the ones who are bringing in that sort of uh, laced wine with the vampire blood in it. And he takes down all of them but one. That's true. He leaves one alive to spread his message. And that message is that the Delano doesn't give a fuck. That one also offers to suck his dick in exchange for uh, continuing to live. Yeah, there's a lot of that in this movie. A lot, yes. Uh, FDR then blows up the factory with its rocket launchers. <laughs> yeah, he's coming <laughs> He's coming for the Axis right now. We... We, I think, clip into a shot of him taking body shots off of a woman on the bar. <laughs> She's topless, and he's taking shots. And then it splits over to Hitler, who is also doing alcohol things with topless women. He's playing beer pong with a topless Fraulein. Uh, turns out Germany, Italy, and Japan are all furious at the way this is uh, kind of panned out here. And Japan is especially furious after he sends the sake back to Hirohito with a note saying, don't ever send this p- shit over here again. Yeah, he's pissed. This is where we get that racist teppanyaki joke thrown in here as well. And now it's war. They're going to war. So because they're going to war, there's a meeting with Sir Winston Churchill, and everyone at the meeting is drinking. Cleavon is there, and he serves Winston Churchill a drink that is, quote, as stiff as a dead man's cock. And Cleavon... Cleavon... <laughs> take this one. Cleavon yeah, says... Yeah. Thank you, sir. I take great pride in that. My father passed away with an erection. <laughs> is, what does that this mean? Is, I don't know. This is one of the what three times I laughed mean? in this movie. Yeah, this is one of them. At Cleavon, your least favorite character. That popped me. I don't know yeah. why. I, the idea, it's just a silly <laughs> thing to say, but it made me laugh. So yeah. perhaps so, I owe Ross Patterson an apology. Because, I think you, you know, do. His think, screenplay made me laugh three times. Yeah, he definitely did. That His one got delivery me. of that line, too. So that was all Patterson right there. That one got me. Oh. Uh, Churchill needs weapons, so FDR decides to mass produce arms. And Churchill really needs weapons because, as we see, the Nazi werewolves are advancing on London. Yeah, things aren't good. Uh, We know that they're pushing through Europe and they're on their way into France and looking to get to London. Of course, FDR isn't willing to just give him military support for the betterment of the sort of democratic or free world. He's going to lease them to them. Yeah, they work out a lend-lease program. Now, very soon after this, Churchill also needs troops as well because he's suffered heavy losses. When FDR tells his assistant that this is stressing him out. Well, that's true. And then we get into this scene where the assistant is sort of rubbing down our president. Oh, yeah. She offers him a massage and she touches his legs, which no one has done since he got polio. And uh, this scene gets sexual just very quickly. (laughs) She's rubbing and licking his legs. And then she mentions that it reminds her of home because she grew up in Coney Island, home (laughs) of the famous hot dog eating contest. (laughs) So yeah, they have mentioned before that his legs are kind of like shriveled hot dogs, and she is all about it. What is she starts to pull up her dress, and what does she show? She's got ketchup and mustard bottles in like a holster, and she sprays the ketchup and mustard all over his legs. She's licking it off, and this is this is the third time I laughed in this movie, and I once again (laughs) I am embarrassed by how much I laughed during this scene. We were both kind of uncontrollably laughing as they're both. (laughs) They were both having sort of an orgasmic moment as his legs are getting rubbed and licked while he's covered in mustard and ketchup. And she is enjoying the rubbing and licking so hard. Barry Bostwick's like 
pleasure groaning <laughs> slash shouting during this scene is and going to stay with me always. And it's moving and jerking around. Well, oh my <laughs> God, it was man. impressive. It's got- <laughs> it was a well-executed scene. I was really disappointed because what happens to break up what we would assume would be a co-completion on this event? <laughs> you mean for the characters or for you and me? <laughs> Both, I think. <laughs> <laughs> i might have laughed so hard i popped that's possible <laughs> oh my god eleanor roosevelt walks in it's always eleanor <laughs> shutting down the she fun. is man oh she strong arms a hoe those are her words <laughs> i don't want to be yeah, very clear about yeah, that she slaps her and knocks her all the way across the room yeah and this eventually leads to a long overdue conversation where he shows her his tiny little shriveled up polio legs again not my words and they are flailing he loves showing those things off. Ugh. He flashes those things like 13 times during this movie. He's sexually frustrated, man. She's grossed out by his legs and he has needs. And I get it. I understand where he's coming from. I've never had polio, obviously, but I just understand, like, you know, you 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 want you to understand feel having needs. Of course. <laughs> You're with the Delano. Yeah, um, I'm with the Delano on yeah. this one. So we we transition from that into sort of a war room. We got FDR sitting there with his generals. Yeah, they're officially going to war, so FDR decides to go fireside on their asses while Dougie Mack and Dwight D. Eisenhower plan an attack. Now, FDR is really unsure about what to say and what to do, so under the advice of his butler, he decides to uh, fire up some of George Washington's White House stash. Yeah, he pulls out this uh, like ancient-looking humidor. And inside of it, he opens it, and there are several joints, and on them, they are, say, cherry tree. Nice little reference there. Right? And so he lights up. Yeah, and as soon as he does, a portrait of Abraham Lincoln comes to life, and it's, for some reason, played by Kevin Sorbo? Yeah. TV's Hercules <laughs> That's exactly right. also Abe Lincoln, apparently. Yeah, they smoke together, first in the Oval Office, then on the White House roof, and Abraham Lincoln gives him a history lesson. Apparently, the werewolves are telepathic and can sense when someone is destined for greatness. This is why they attacked George Washington, attacked Abraham Lincoln, and now they are attacking FDR as well. Yeah, so this is a history of werewolves trying to stop the United States, apparently. Um, And then he's trying to make a decision, and Abe tells him that he just needs to keep freestyling. That's it. All You know, speak from the heart. Do what you feel is right. Um, Also, Abraham Lincoln can fly. Yeah, he takes him on kind of an Aladdin-like, I can show you the world exploration. These effects are horrible. Tell the truth. <laughs> it's not good. There's uh, some really bad animation of Kevin Sorbo with, like, I don't know, laying on a flat surface. Yeah, and he's pushing horizontal. The wheelchair. Yeah, he's horizontal <laughs> and the wheelchair is pushing. And yeah, it's really bad. Yeah, they encounter three different people a hot dog vendor who, of course, sprays ketchup and mushroom over himself because that is now forever how we will all think of FDR well, and, and sexuality. It's hilarious that he blames uh, Sorbo for that. Uh, he blames <laughs> Abe Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, he does. Well, and it was him because uh, we, we know that that portrait of Abe Lincoln was watching that whole thing and enjoyed it's it. That's all he does. Just he like says he's did, trapped right? in the portrait. Yeah. He watches. Yeah. Um, we also encounter a black guy who thanks Abraham Lincoln for freeing him and points out that he's having sex with a white lady. So, progress. Yeah, this is really weird. I don't know. This was a certainly unnecessary scene. Yes. Last but not least, they encounter a cartoon eagle. Yeah, I was thrown off by this. Uh, Like, of course, we know that the eagle is kind of a symbol of America. Uh, And then FDR, he tells FDR to try to grab on and ride it. And FDR just tries and falls. Yeah, he does. And then he wakes up in the Oval Office with a plan. He's going into battle on the Delano 2000, naturally. Uh, But first, he gives a speech to the soldiers who are heading to Normandy about leading by example. Uh, He's going to prove to these werewolves that his spirit won't be broken. And this is where we get the famous quote, there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Yeah. Was he the one who coined this? Uh, uh, I don't know. But but it... He used it in this speech. I'll like just a start speech. getting the uh, Cooper was wrong. Yeah. Fucking Instagram thing ready right now. It is definitely. Yes, a, it I'm going to say yes. Okay. It is definitely a famous saying. I just wondered if that was used at that time. But yeah. Sure. Okay. He he flies off to war in a plane. He checks in with his call sign, which is wheels of steel again, linking to our beer. Yeah. Yeah. He throws down that this is uh, the wheels of steel hit, hitting the air. And he's going to go lead the soldiers into the attack on Normandy. Yes, but he is quickly shot down uh, by Hitler. Well, he takes out a few Germans first, and I think he even hits Mussolini. He does. He kills Mussolini, who it turns out was going to open a chain of Italian restaurants called the Olive Garden. I'm not sure why that (laughs) needed to be in there. (laughs) That was a weird inclusion. Yeah. Why is Olive Garden such a thing in, like, 
American now, comedy and humor in life. Don't like, you don't you come in here and disparage the good goddamn man of the Olive Garden? See, this is what I want to know. Like, why do people love the Olive Garden? Uh, free much? free salad and breadsticks. Come on. But that means that it should be in like all of our popular culture, and all, everyone has a positive view of the Olive Garden. It's well, I don't think they deserve a negative view. Like they were founded by Mussolini. <laughs> Why are you in here hating on the Olive Garden? <laughs> uh, I think in comments people should tell us if they're thumbs up or thumbs down with the Olive Garden. Have you ever eaten at the Olive Garden? When I was a child. And did you enjoy it? I don't remember. I was a child. No, the answer is yes. You enjoyed it. I would have eaten anything at that point. Well, you were lucky enough to be eating Olive Garden. I will not have any Olive Garden bashing on this podcast. Uh, I, I don't understand popular culture's love with the Olive Garden. It's just a thing that everyone knows because it's all over the place. And because it, it's great, apparently? You know, you get your money's worth. You get unlimited salad and breadsticks. I mean, come on. All right, we've belabored the Olive Garden too long. Well, one of us has. Uh, <laughs> news of him being shot down reaches home. His wife is devastated, and so is his uh, lovely assistant from earlier. FDR, however, is trying to jump out of the plane. He's not dead yet. But, of course, jumping out of the plane is hard because his legs don't work. Uh, luckily, luckily. Who's there to save Cle- him? Cleveland is there. Yes. No, this part is just awesome. He's. I don't, I don't know why this. you enjoy this so much. He's stowed away <laughs> on the plane in like a box, and he jumps out holding a fucking martini. And they jump out of the plane together. Yeah, so he helps FDR into the Delano 2000. And he gets a parachute on him, and he helps him jump out. This man is the true American hero. Oh, my God. You know what? Except uh, Cleveland, of course, because he's an idiot. Uh, he is not wearing a parachute, so this is goodbye. He sacrificed himself for the better of America. He didn't sacrifice himself. He's too fucking stupid to know he wasn't wearing a parachute. Well, he's drunk. He's always had an alcoholic drink in his hand the entire time he's been on screen. You and I are drunk right now. I still wouldn't know the plane with a fucking parachute on. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is true. <laughs> As FDR is in free fall, Hitler is still shooting at him. But FDR says, this is this is the line. You want the Delano? You got him. Picture me rolling. <laughs> he shoots him several times. Yeah, he uses his wheelchair and he sort of moves the wheels. And then you see all those bullet or silver bullets fly out. And yeah, it takes him down. Absolutely. Now, this is the last anyone hears of FDR for about six weeks. But six weeks later, he returns alive. His wife, Eleanor, is very angry, but only because she was so worried. And now <laughs> she's going <laughs> to. So she's angry, but she's also something else. Yeah, she's so relieved that now, despite his tiny shriveled up polio legs that look like wrinkled old hot dogs, she's going to ride him like a spring pony at the state fair. Yeah, so she promises that she's going to break that deadlock of nine years without fucking. Uh, and he's definitely up for it. But first, he's going fireside. And he gets in the radio to let the people of America know that he's alive. And he says, for those of you who thought I was gone. Allow me to reintroduce myself. It's Franklin Delano Roosevelt, motherfucker. <laughs> and then it, credits. It just out. rolls. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And you get sort of the 20s style, like, border and text as it ends it. And that's the movie, man. I got to say, this is just like. I don't even know. Like you said, we haven't we haven't written down ratings for this. We're just gonna freestyle it like the Delano does. Yeah. So this is the time. This is the time we rate the movie. We're gonna rate it one to ten for how bad it is, one to ten for how enjoyable. And the goal, as always, is to find that ten out of ten bad, ten out of ten enjoyable movie. What we call the Crit Twenty. I love that you're on the spot for the very first rating because we have never done a comedy. This is intentionally horrible. You keep saying it's intentionally horrible, but I don't think that's quite right. It's intentionally shocking and vulgar. They're trying to be as offensive as possible, and they are pretty successful. It's a very offensive. Like, many scenes are just... There were times we do have each other where we're just like, uh, yeah. how are we going to talk about this? It It is difficult because of some of the content they used in there, yes. But I think those choices were all on purpose. I did laugh a few times. You did. So I can't give this 10 out of 10 bad. I wanted to so badly. But we're not talking about enjoyability here. How bad is this film? But if you make a comedy with the goal of making people laugh and people laugh, even if it's only three times, I think you have at least on some level succeeded. I'm going to give this 9 out of 10, but I don't feel good about it. (laughs) Now you talk. Now I talk. That was hard because we didn't write anything down. We didn't. Um, Extremely offensive. 
poor graphics, really strange choices of humor and history making. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. Yeah. It's it's hard because I agree the intention was to make people laugh, but I'm not sure I was laughing where I was supposed to be. I think sometimes I was. I still think this is a horrible fucking movie. Okay. It's a 10 bad. Okay, so I originally, when I first watched it, because I watched this before you and I watched it together. I've seen this movie twice now. You've seen this more than once? I've seen it twice now. You were still laughing your ass off at stuff you've already seen. I can't help it. It was funny to me. All right. This that, is why I can't give it to him. This I is first shocking. Saw it, I didn't I, no, know I'm this like, was the first time you were watching. I thought this was your first run. No. Uh, this was not. I did not lose my virginity to FDR on this day. I lost wow. it many moons ago. You liar. I'm not a liar. I never told you that. Come on. You misled me. I thought we were doing this together for the first time. <laughs> you thought wrong. Um, I watched this before, and I, I like, I was like, I, my first instinct was, this is 10 out of 10 bad. But I don't know. Like, I watched it again, and comedies are different when you watch them with people. Would you watch it a third time? I will not watch this a third time. No. You're lying right now. <laughs> lying? I'm not lying. All right. Okay. All right. there, I can I can see scenarios where this would be on in a room that I'm in. If someone was like, "What is this movie? Can we watch it?" I'm not going to be like, "No." I'll say yes, but okay. I, don't, I, don't, I don't imagine how enjoyable. And is this no, no. A, you go first yeah, for enjoyable. Okay, you go for enjoyable. I'm just saying, yeah. I did fully expect this to be a ten out of ten bad, but the experience of watching a comedy with other people is different from watching it by yourself. It's true. I'm glad we watched this together. Me too. Right. Um, it definitely helps when we're able to laugh at some of this stuff. Uh, I laughed quite a lot. Okay. I found uh, a lot of the situations they created uh, enjoyably ridiculous. I ha- I'm going to be honest. Uh, I am extremely immature and enjoyed lots of the <laughs> humor. Yeah. Um, so that's fine. Um, so <laughs> uh, for the enjoyable scale, I can't give it a 10. Oh. I know. I saw your, second fi- there, your you finger there. You teased me. I'm like, I for know. a second, like, he was really coming in effusive with praise. I know. Your, your finger there was ready to go on there. But I, I did laugh a lot. Um, I'm not upset that I watched it. If someone else had it on, I'd probably watch it again. Oh, my God. Or pieces of it. Of yeah. all the movies. I know. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8. Oh, I'm giving it an 8. And that's, uh, that's wow. pretty high praise. And that's after one. It might have something to do with this delicious 8 plus percent beer that uh, we're consuming but uh, you know. we're talking about that in a second yeah so it's an eight for you yeah okay we're freestyling here i'm gonna give it an eight also Woo! there you <laughs> go it it's an eight. Eight. wow look at this i enjoyed watching this with you uh i laughed my ass off three different times i don't know why the thing about his father dying with the rex made me laugh so much <laughs> but it really really did yeah um, i think that popped us both oh definitely yeah. i I don't know, man. Like this is it's a terrible movie that I could not in good conscience recommend to other humans. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but for the purposes of podcasting no, together, yeah. it was yeah, it was a good time. And to your point, I am also very immature and I can't help but enjoy like dick humor and like bad language. And yeah. this movie was full of it. And I keep going back to Barry Bostwick's voice is just so like, he was he was just he committed to this role completely. He was reveling in it. And his voice is just so perfect. It's so perfect for this. If Barry Boswick made a, like, sorry, did a voice for like an erotic reading, would you go to sleep to it every evening? I'd stay awake and have sex to it <laughs> with yourself or others. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, yeah. And right. thrusting, and thrusting, <laughs> and thrusting. Oh, if it was an instructional oh audio, my god. Oh, Jesus, anything. Uh, no, yeah. man, he's great. Like, and, and like, I, I was impressed with his comedic timing and capability. He, yeah. he really just embraced. He this actually shit. did a really good job. Yeah, I don't know I what they were right. paying him, but yeah. it wasn't enough. He should have got paid more. He hopefully was the top paid person in this. I have to assume ninety percent of the budget in this movie went to his salary. And then second to our screenwriter slash uh, like second. Fuck that guy. <laughs> Ross Patterson. <laughs> oh, Ross you Patterson crook. deserved more. Ah, <laughs> uh, you made me yeah. laugh three times, Ross Patterson. We're cool. Okay, good. We're cool. I'm giving it an eight, man. I All don't right, know. Right. That's like, perfect. I, there we go. Okay, again, freestyle. I think I will wake up tomorrow sober or hungover and, and be like, "Why did I give that eight? Yeah. But here but we yeah, are. There we go. We, we can't change our decisions. We now. can't. You're gonna ask me about the beer, aren't you? Yeah, we we have this uh, Sauvignon Blanc sour from Steel Wheel Brewery. Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it. What uh, what what notes did you sort of have on it? It just or? tastes like a glass of red wine, and I'm not a wine guy. I'm not a wine guy, and immediately as soon as we, as soon as we poured it, I saw the color, I smelled it, and I was like, oh, I'm in fucking trouble here. So it's the Cabernet grapes that are are catching up to you here. Yeah, it just smells like red wine. It's supposed to be a sour. It doesn't taste sour. It tastes like wine. Oh, see, it's I supposed disagree. To be beer. It doesn't taste like wheat. I, beer I disagree. Wine. I really, really enjoyed it. 
Um, I thought that it was an excellent sour. The wine, you're right, or sort of the grapes that they put into it, uh, definitely add a super tart um, finish to it. And, and yeah. I can see where that might be a challenge. But I thought it was super smooth, had really delicious tart flavors, um, goes down really easy for an 8%er. I'm kind of moving into this sort of wine slash beer meld um, kind of area and really enjoying the beers that are coming out of it. I like the ones that they are sort of adding wine grapes to as they ferment or they put them into the process. I will say this. If you are a person who likes wine, you will enjoy this. I'm just not a person who likes wine. So this is going to be sort of the gateway beer for people who are wine drinkers but not yet craft beer drinkers. This is where they need to I just don't to. think you would even realize you were drinking beer if you drank this. And that's kind of fair. It kind of tastes more along the juice slash wine sort of side or cidery side of kind of beverages. Yeah, I'm getting no malt here. Yeah, which is perfect. Where's the malt? Which is perfect. Oh, tell I me, know. you like I like malt. I know you're you a malt. Like hops. You're a okay. you're a malt mouthful kind of fella. And, All day. Yeah, and I'd rather have the the hops, but that's okay. Um, if you haven't though, I'm gonna have to bring you some more beer from Siwa Brewery because they have some ones that I know that you would love. Well, I was gonna say I'm a fruited sour man. Yeah. I love sours. Just this is not a sour. I, I don't know what yeah. this is. It's not for me. And and I I chose this one because I thought it fit well with sort of our FDR kind of prohibition style. Because of the wheelchair, you no, racist. No, not <laughs> because of that. <laughs> Uh, but he is the steel wheel, as we know. He is wheels of steel. Wheels That's of his steel. call sign. All right. Uh, this was fun, man. I don't yeah, know. This like, good. I again, I can't recommend this movie to people, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed the experience of getting drunk off this wine beer. Yeah. Even if I didn't enjoy the taste of the wine beer, and uh, hopefully next week we're gonna have something just as good. Next week we are doing a request from one of our social media followers. It's Jaws the Revenge. Ooh. Uh, Jaws the Revenge. So I think I've only ever seen Jaws 1. I've seen 1 and 3. This is 4. <laughs> oh, 4. How many? It's, what? How many Jaws did they make? This was the last one. Okay. <laughs> so it's going to be good. This. Is what you're saying? I hope so. All right. Um, But it is a request. And I will tell you now, we're drinking a, a fruited sour next week. And this is a real fruited sour, not this wine horse shit. <laughs> so uh, I will enjoy that beer at least, I'm sure. All right. That's going to be next week. If you haven't already, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the BMB Podcast. Yeah, if you have any recommendations for us, you can send them as DMs to our social media, or if you want to send us an email at the BMB Podcast at gmail.com. We'd love those, please. Absolutely. And we will see you next week for Jaws of Revenge. Until then, I'm Cooper. And I'm Nolan. And we'll see you next week on Bad Movies and Beer. Keep it rolling. Oh, I like that. What has two wheels and kills werewolves? This guy.